Katrina Christensen. She's a candidate for United States Senator in the great state of North Dakota running against Kevin Kramer. There's a poll out there. Uh, and that poll, well, let's just say it works uh, doggone well for Katrina, and I want to talk to her about it. Uh, Katrina, good to have you back on News and Views. Thanks, Joel. It's great to be on. I the the poll that I saw showed Kramer what we call in politics underwater, uh, below fifty percent, uh, and and even down into the thirties in some categories. I have to ask you, as an incumbent that you're running against, obviously great news in this poll. But did it surprise you? Um, I think that this poll that, you know, we had like research partners do for us internally shows us what we already know. And that is that um, Kevin Kramer's just another career politician who's gone Washington, does one th- says one thing and, and does another. And the, the people of North Dakota, are, they notice that they, they feel that in their lives. They're, you know, hurting and Kevin's not doing anything. For them, he's self-serving or serving special interests. He's he's a career politician through and through, and that's what this poll really shows. Well, and and there were polls out there done by conservative organizations about Doug Burgum that showed him uh, and his popularity in North Dakota in the 30s. And so while this poll showed Kramer's uh, lack of popularity, it it didn't show – it wasn't – it was clear – that it wasn't anti-Republican, the poll was. It was just anti-Kramer. And that's what jumped out at me in it. Yes. Yeah. That Again, voters, a majority of the voters in this poll want somebody else in that seat. And they want that because they're tired of a career politician not doing the work that needs to get done, whether it's addressing prescription drug prices, whether it's addressing um, the chaos and ineffectiveness in D.C. I mean, in two weeks, we might have another government shutdown. Um, You know, I like to make the joke that if uh, I ran my household with my husband the same way that Congress does their business, we'd argue about who would do the dishes for 11 months and then we would just go play golf. We don't have to worry. You know, we're just going to get reelected anyway. You know, like, what's the big deal? It's not like it affects people's lives in the state that I'm supposed to be representing, right? And so that's what this poll shows. It just, Kevin's forgotten all of us. Speak to me, Katrina, how, about how you feel Kevin Kramer dealt with the border, with our southern border. Well, I think it's it's incredibly um, uh, on point for him. Um, he is a career politician, and he's very good about identifying problems with legislators or with legislation or or with party politics um, and assigning blame. And he did the same thing with the border. He said, oh, I might support it. You know, let's wait for the bill text. You know, very smooth. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. And then um, the bill comes out and he he says he can't support it because of these things. He's like I said, he finds problems and he assigns blame. But rather than doing the very hard work of following up and following through and reaching across the aisle and saying, these are the things that we need to change so that the United States has the national security it should have at the border so that the United States keeps fentanyl from getting into our communities and killing our loved ones. He didn't do that hard work. He just kind of threw up his hands and got on every TV show that he could to show that he can identify problems and assign blame. That's all he did. He did not get to work 
in D.C. for us to keep fentanyl out of our communities. That's what stands out to me time and time again, particularly with this border issue. He just doesn't know how to do the work of solving the problems or he's not compelled to do it. He doesn't know how or doesn't want to serve our interests. So I, you know, I've made this this argument and I made it to, to Heidi when she was in that chamber that the United States Senate is dysfunctional to be ruled by uh, not just a minority, but such a majority to where a Tommy Tuberville can stand and stop promotions in the U.S. military. And the current senators, I mean, it's like they don't want to do business. They don't want to govern. And I'm curious if you are elected to the Senate, if you're going to advocate for that, if you're going to advocate for the filibuster, uh, you know, in, in terms of individuals not having to be on the floor. I can understand the filibuster as long as they're sitting there with a great big jug of water and have to filibuster. Uh, you know, I, I can't respect it saying, oh, I'm I'm going to hold this one up. I, I'll call filibuster. But they won't be in the chamber doing what they have to do. Yeah, I think that what has what we've seen over the last decade um, or maybe even two decades is that the filibuster is this really um, easy tool that a politician can do to take a stance, to look like they're big and tough and they're standing up for your interests. You know, they can just, you know, do the filibuster from their office, I think, as it stands. Like, that's what Tuberville was doing. He was just filibustering um, on paper. He didn't have to stand in the Senate chamber and do the hard work of saying, this is why I'm I'm filibustering this. And he put the United States of America at risk by holding up these military positions. He was, you know, um, biting his thumb at people who have pledged to serve our country. And Kramer supported that filibuster. And again, he wasn't representing our interests. We have over 7,000 active military families in North Dakota. And where was Kevin Kramer when this filibuster was going on? On the side of party politics, not on the side of North Dakotans. And, and it's just another piece of evidence that we saw in the polling that shows that North Dakotans are frustrated with a career politician that does not want to do the hard work, pushing up their sleeves and, and getting these military you know, promotions taken care of, as he should have done, as our senator. I, I want to ask you, if you were in the United States Senate, if you win this race, will you support funding for Ukraine? I will be in the United States Senate in 2025, and I uh, would support supporting Ukraine. And I think it's really important. And I understand why people are kind of frustrated because it, it seems like our career politicians can't walk and chew gum, gum at the same time, right? They can't seem to get things done at home and they can't seem to protect our interests abroad. But I think the thing that everybody needs to re remember when they, when they think about this uh, border issue is that um, – we are dealing with a murderer. We are dealing with somebody who has kidnapped over 20,000 Ukrainian children. He's taken children out of their homes into Russia. And Russia is a huge country. And, 
and they don't know if they'll ever see their parents again alive. And, um, you know, he's a really horrible individual. In the last two weeks, we've found out that he's potentially working on air missiles. Putin is are putting uh, nuclear warheads in space. That is an incredible danger. That is a danger that we must address by helping Ukraine through purchasing deterrence. You know, we are creating jobs and developing modern drone technology here in North Dakota that's supporting Ukraine, stopping Putin from kidnapping children and murdering people. And hopefully the threat that Putin sees behind our support of Ukraine will stop him from putting warheads in space. What? I think the thing that supporting Ukraine puts America first. If America cannot be trusted to stand with its allies, we lose economic influence. We lose our throne as being the greatest nation in, on the planet Earth. We embolden authoritarian aggressors like Putin around the, the globe. And what that does is it economically disenfranchises every single American. We'll be paying more for things. We won't be getting uh, the revenue from investments that we should be getting. I mean, we lose if Putin wins. That is the message. Wow. It, what's the biggest separator between you and Kevin Kramer? Oh, I work. I worked my entire life. I was just a poor kid in Penner, Nebraska, you know, and um, I had to work to become valedictorian. I had to work to pay for school and keep my scholarships and, you know, get a master's degree, work as an ethanol engineer. I have had to work every day. When I was an ethanol engineer, I got pooped on when I was outside climbing, you know, by birds, climbing on equipment inside of every unit operation. And then I went and got my Ph.D. and I finished in three years. Um, and then I worked for Cargill, the largest privately held company in the world. And I got two patents for them and they laid me off and I didn't stop there. I get started working for a startup in Fargo building value added processing equipment for North Dakota growers, got another patent, got laid off again. That's just the way life works. And I don't stop working. That is what I will do for, for North Dakotans. I'm not running for us Senate for myself. I'm running for my kids. I'm running for their friends and schools and my community and the state right now. We don't have anyone willing to do the work. I don't care about your party aff affiliation. I don't care, but I will fight for you. These are the things that need to get done. I will get them done. That's what my entire resume, my entire life has been. I get stuff done. Well, this poll had to give you a lot of hope. Uh, it had to give you a lot of reason to, to think that you are, in fact, in a race. If people want to know more, about you, about your candidacy, where do they go? They go to KatrinaForUSSenate.com. KatrinaForUSSenate.com. All right. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate you coming on. I'm sure we'll have many more conversations. Sounds good, Joel. Take care. Have a great weekend. You bet.